Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I sit down with Michael Danishevsky. Uh, he's a filmmaker and photographer from Melbourne. How you going, Michael? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Pretty good, thanks, Tom. Yeah? That's a one hell of a surname you got yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's definitely something that confuses uh, a lot of people. But I, I'm kind of quite entertained by what people uh, make of it and and how they want to say it so yeah yeah it's pretty interesting <laughs> yeah i know i've known you for a while and i just haven't i uh, haven't been game to tackle it until tonight <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't know how to spell it until halfway through primary school so oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's a story behind that name isn't it there? there is there is like my grandfather like uh most people that migrated here had to um he's polish and uh had to escape some pretty rough times and got changed at gunpoint at a russian border so Phonetically, it's different to uh, how it's originally spelt, but the uh, new new spelling was, uh, well, basically because there was a gun to his head, so we've, we've kept that um, ever since, but phonetically, it's, there used to be a Z in there and a couple other things, so yeah, that's how we pronounce it. Yeah, it's still got half the alphabet in there. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spelling test, that's for sure. Yeah, um, like I first met you uh, through 2-1. Uh, and when, when you were traveling through Barcelona and that was like, um, I don't know, a few, summer over there, but it was a bl- bloody, uh, good time of year when, uh, there was lots of people passing through and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I was on, um, pretty much one of the first, uh, holidays I've given myself, um, for, for a long time. And me and my partner, Anne went overseas and caught up with Hero and then, we were randomly, when we caught up for the first time, he told us about his um, Spanish kind of holiday and we were just there at the same time. So, yeah, that's how we met you. It's yeah. it good, yeah, by coincidence. That was a crazy time. Mm. There was all, all those other people in town as well. Like, there was, I don't know, we had sort of caught up with Callie and Hero and then yeah. there was, you know, with my wife Claire and there was four of us and then you two came along and then mm. there was, like, another five people added to the yeah. group and we ended up, like rolling deep yeah it was good a lot of australians in a foreign town and doing what we do wanted to go out and have a drink and sit you know have some fun so yeah it was a good time yeah it was it was one of the um best summers of my life because it was <laughs> it was like a uh, living in barcelona over summer it was like a big revolving door like yeah. people would go oh it's time for us to go and then next weekend there were, there were more people there you yeah know, it's it was constant it no was, well, yeah was, we really enjoyed it you're a great host and uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a nice way to see Barcelona with friends and just yeah. in and out of bars. So, yeah, it was yeah. good. And strictly, uh, strictly bikes only, make yeah. everyone hire bikes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good and got to do some filming and, and stuff there as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of fun. Yeah. Where else did you uh, end up going on that trip? Uh, well, we did um, a few places. We started in Germany and then kind of worked our way down through to France and obviously to end up in Spain. Uh, after Spain, we went to Morocco um, and spe- spent a bit of time there. And then from there, we went to Rome, uh, up through Italy's coast and ended up in Turkey. So, Not bad. Yeah, it was good. We were away for like four months and it was, you know, perfect time for both of us to go. And we hadn't been on a trip like that. So we're like, we're going to pull up stumps for a bit and just head off and see the world and see what it's got to offer. And yeah. yeah, before we get stuck back into work when we're back home. Yeah, good way to escape the uh, Melbourne winter as well. 
perfect way. We yeah. definitely plan that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, got to chase summer around the world. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. So I've seen that you uh, work a lot while you're on the road. Like, like, do you get flown around by companies or do you um, just plan projects while you're on holiday? Uh, it's a combination. Previously, when I'd been overseas, it was for projects. So the first time... And it was kind of the first time that I ever really realized that video was a world that I could enter. The first job for me was to go over to San Francisco with a whole bunch of um, Australian artists for an art show called Young and Free. So I literally got a phone call um, from a guy called Luke on behalf of um, some art collectors. And they said, hey, you know, we know your stuff and are you keen to kind of go over? And I was... First, I thought they were just asking me to put um, some work in the show. Mm. So when they said, no, we're going to fly you over and we want you to document it, I almost had kittens. Like, you know, it was kind of a crazy experience and I thought it was just out of this world. And then within two weeks, I was on a plane and in San Francisco for a month documenting some of Australia's, you know, best artists, uh, street artists and and kind of gallerists, uh, gallery artists that were there with us on that project and just got to see San Francisco and spend time in the Tenderloin and do all these kind of things I just don't think I ever would have done if I wasn't on that trip. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was that the show that was um, curated by Sandra? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it's called Young and Free. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was good. There's some amazing artists there. A, a lot of, um, a lot of them I knew personally through either their work or just the kind of the art scene down here so it was also real we just I remember being at the airport in Melbourne um, for our first connecting flight to Sydney and it was just like man this is really happening like we're all about to go overseas and show show some work and I'm going to create some work and and yeah like when we look back at it now which was five years ago it's one of those kind of turning points for a lot of us that we started to take ourselves really seriously and you know, we're given an opportunity and we wanted to make the most of it and being in foreign land, you know. Yeah. It was just a lot of fun, so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing um, photos of it. I was in South America when that was on and, yeah. you know, it didn't have internet that often, but when yeah. I did, I was like checking up on the, the show and just going, man, because I know a lot of the people yeah. in the lineup and it was just like, shit, all my friends are in San Francisco having a good time. <laughs> we definitely were, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It, yeah. was, it was a really fun time. Yeah. And for me, um, just to meet some of the guys I hadn't met before but knew their work, um, that was an amazing opportunity too. And some of those people I still stay in, con- in contact with now and they kind of have led to other jobs that I've done. So, yeah, yeah. it's been really, really cool. Yeah. Not bad for a first gig. Yeah, yeah. So I've noticed from... Um, looking at your work that you, you documented a lot of um, youth culture yeah. like like punk gigs house parties totally. graffiti mm-hmm. smoking bongs you know <laughs> <laughs> have, have you like seeped out those scenes or have you um, or is it just you just been doing your thing with your camera and, and that things just open up in front of you and you just take photos uh, look a lot of it's just you know the, the kind of the music that I was into was definitely the punk rock and the hardcore thing growing up it's just this energy, like if anyone that's into it, uh, I mean, the bands are amazing, but there's something about going to a show like that that you can't compare to a, a hip hop or an electro gig. It's just, you know, a whole bunch of people in a room that are really energetic and, you know, to point a camera at that, 
is kind of one of the most like easiest things to shoot. It's like, but also the hardest because you got to kind of be watching everything and there's just so much going on. Um, and it's definitely where my passion for photography started was through music, definitely. Um, but everything else is just who I knew. You know, friends of mine were going to go out and and paint or whatever, and, and I was there, like, sure, I'd go out and, you know, I'd never participated in that, but I always had a camera, so yeah. that was my kind of role, you know, just documenting what my friends were doing, and I'm interested in what they do and how they express themselves, and for me, that's how I express myself, like, capturing it, so it was yeah. good, and yeah, I think more people should do it, and they... A lot of people do do it in different ways with Instagram and stuff now, but it's fun running around with a film camera and just hanging out and whatever you could take a take a photo of, you, you would, and then see how it all turned out, you know, a couple of days later or a week or a month, however long it took you to take the role, so yeah it's good like I saw the um the photos that that punk gig there's under yeah. a bridge yeah like yeah yeah, that, yeah. Looked, that looked pretty good it reminded me of like um I don't know just being in high school like in the 90s and I used to go to gigs like that as well that were completely yeah. like sort of just you know just random yeah. locations and just like you know photocopy flyers and yeah you end up like in, in some yeah, it's like a public place, but it's out of the way. Like the sort of um, spot where you go to do graffiti or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. It's a place There's totally parallels between the two. Yeah. Um, that was only like a year ago, though. Was it? Yeah, that was only a year ago. It's like I heard about a... Like, you know, I'm into the music, don't get me wrong, but I heard about a show and I was like... I knew it was in this kind of drain setting and I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I called up a friend and we went down together and yeah just took some film as i always do and just documented it and i handed that um up as a series for an exhibition show but it's just a cool way like it's a scene that it's so under under the kind of radar of so many people even if you're into heavy music that kind of scene is even even screwed away even more um so just to be there is kind of this crazy crazy atmosphere but to photograph it as well is yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You just gotta kind of be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? Like, what are some of the crazier things you shot? Like, oh, I mean, there's too many to mention, really. But <laughs> there's been some funny, funny little experiences. Like a couple of, um, I suppose, the one that comes to my mind as soon as you ask me a question like that is. I was at a house party in Footscray and all of a sudden I had a tap on the shoulder and um, someone's like, oh, hey, can you shoot my friend? He's he's going to release this um, rap album. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'd just been taking photographs of my friend and he'd seen me shooting, shooting flicks. So all of a sudden I'd been asked to take this photo and I, I roll over and there's the notorious Jizzo sitting there. <laughs> you know being himself and um getting quite excited um and it was cool like for me i was just kind of looking around going oh what the hell's going on here like um but yeah he was just a character and he he was telling me about this kind of rap album that he was about to drop that i don't even know if it ever came to fruition but who knows and um he was telling me that he wanted to also uh, get me to shoot uh, the cover of Jizo 2.0 I 
um, which is a, you know a movie on him, like a, a sequel, I suppose, um, that he was going to direct and produce. So it was a pretty interesting little situation. And then um, the photographs that you can see of that one that was used for a last cover of mine is him with like a 30 centimeter kitchen blade, you know. He was just trying to throw it in the air and catch it. Um, and when he did, he uh, yeah was kind of making some pretty violent moves with it. But it, just one of those experiences, you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're here, this is happening. Um, and if I didn't have a camera, like, that would never happen, right? Yeah. I'd never be invited into that situation. Um, and luckily everything was cool and I, you know, it was quite entertaining little time, but yeah, to most people, you're not going to get allowed into that kind of little inner circle of, of people. And just cause you have a camera, all of a sudden you're, you're open into this uh, world. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I used to, um, I used to hang out with him a fair bit. Yeah. Right. When, the, when that video was being made. Yeah. It was, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's I, used to, I used to skate with him. Mm. Yeah, he's a really good skater. Well, he was back in the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. For um, the Melbourne Bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I know him through, through skating. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a few a bit of uh, footage that I shot just of, like, trains rolling by and all that yeah. sort of stuff uh, actually ended up in that, that video. Oh, that's it's, so good. Yeah, it's that, I mean, that to me, that documentary is such a classic. Um, I mean, I love showing people that have either never seen it before um, that are into painting and whatnot, but they might not have seen it, you know, people from kids from interstate and whatnot. And then within a month, they know all the lines, like those classic Jizzo lines. And it's like, it's just this testament to that kind of scene, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was over in, um, in London Christmas time and, uh, caught up with my friends, uh, like, uh, Royd and Relay. Yeah. And they're both like quoting Jizzo to me going, oh, have you heard of this guy? And it's like, man, you guys are from the other side of the world. Yeah, like, well, he's a character, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that, he was exactly the same when I was kind of in that room with him. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty funny experience to, to kind of see him a couple of years later. And, you know, he loves to entertain, yeah. not, you know, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. So like, so do you take your camera everywhere you go? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... It, like, I'll put it down every once in a while, but yeah, it's pretty much in my pocket the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And do you carry one that um, that can record video and, and shoot decent photos? or? Ma- majority of the time, it's just a point-and-shoot film camera because yeah. of the size of it. Um, yeah, I tend to take out stuff that I can do video with if I have a job because um, it's just the size and the bulk of the thing. It's a yeah. bit of a pain in the butt, but... Um, yeah, for me, it's, there's always kind of a camera in the pocket and rolling around and I don't use it every day. I'm not like one of those guys that's like, Oh, I've got to shoot a roll a day or whatever. It's mm. just like when I feel there's a shot, I take it and you know, that's it. It's like a little photocopier, you know? Yeah. yeah. So do you like, do you paint and draw as well? Or are you just strictly a lensman? <sighs> pretty, pretty, I'm like a tortured artist. I wish that I could paint and draw. Like I, when I hang out with my friends that can do that, I'm just like, like, oh, why can't I do that? I'd be saving so much money and having so much fun. But yeah, no, I'm pretty much, a, you know, like someone that just uses the camera as their expression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know why you can't do it? Why is that? Because you don't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and look, I have a scribble every once in a while, but I just look at it and, you know, my hand and my brain doesn't talk to each other you know, yeah. the same way that, yeah. that it does when it's got a camera in it. But yeah. it is fun. And it's it's a good way to kind of wind down but 
yeah, something about photography I've always just gone back to. Yeah. So, like, you've made a lot of uh, videos for local and international artists. Like, you've made videos for 2-1, Wrecker, Adnate, Fuzi, Sage, and Demote, and uh, Reg Mombasa. Yeah. Like, are you friends with all these guys, or were you contacted by companies to do these videos? Beard of both. Um, like, some of them I just know, like, 2-1, yeah, he's an awesome guy. I've known him for a long time. Um, and when he was about to leave Melbourne, I'm like, well, dude, I have to make a film with you, like. I was getting to a point where I thought video was going to be something I was going to do for a long time. So I, was, I kind of taught, you know, taught myself a, a lot of techniques of storytelling that I wanted to implement. And, and Hero's got a really kind of interesting story with how he creates work. Anyone that kind of watches him paint or sculpt, he's very poetic and he, he's got a rhythm to the way he does it. And it's kind of just intoxicating to be around. Um, and to point a camera at it, it's just, yeah, it's bliss. Like he's so confident in kind of his actions and what he's doing that you just have to be there with a camera and you'll get good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's great. And the other guys, you know, Demota met while I was in San Francisco, he was a part of the young and free show. And, um, I got contacted by the guys at Ruka, um, the gallery down here, and he was coming out for a show and they needed someone to film and my name got put in the hat and it's funny, I picked him up and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, I remember you, San Francisco. And then from there it was just on and he kind of put in a really good word for me um, with those guys at Ruka and then that's kind of, I've been doing videos for them ever since. So it's a little bit of who you know and, and and that but yeah they're all awesome guys like yeah. i don't think i've made like spent that much time where i've made a video with someone and left being like they were a dick yeah like which is good um it's good you just get to get under their skin a bit and ask them questions and essentially you're just watching someone do their art practice so yeah. as, a, as an artist myself i can understand what they're doing so i just let them do it and i'm just there to capture it so yeah, yeah it's good fun like, who are some of the other people you've worked with? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely been a few, a few kind of, of those good ones. Like the people that you mentioned, like Fuzi was really cool. Um, since him, there was like Remio as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Horfe was here for a bit, did some stuff with him. But I think we've just canned that footage. Like it's just going to sit there and, and live until we decide to do something with it. Um, and I was filming with another guy, Ryan Cookson, for both Fuzi and, and Horfe. So, we, you know, when they're ready to come out, we'll, we'll put them out. But I haven't shot anything recently. I went on tour with Flying Lotus around Australia for a while, um, a couple of years ago. And that again, that footage is just kind of sitting there on a hard drive waiting to, to see the light of day. But, you know, for me, it's like something's not finished until you, you know it's finished. So these guys will come back and we'll film some more and then all of a sudden there'll be something coming out, you know, mm. in a year's time or however long it takes. So, yeah, it should be good. So with, with, with those jobs, like, you didn't, you weren't getting paid by anyone to make those videos and you just haven't finished the job or...? Some, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like, sometimes there's limitations with the people that have <laughs> asked you to, uh, to shoot them. Uh, they'll kind of that they'll want to can it for something and they'll just say yeah look we're going to sit on this until it's right to release um some 
like some are totally paid for and that's my job like I'll go and I have to make a video for for you know a client and then I go out and do that and some are just purely passion projects like the the cast a shadow video that I did with hero was off my own back with Andy Johnson and we just had an idea and hero was down. So we had to do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That was like yeah. one of the um, first videos of yours. I watched knowing that you actually yeah. made it. Yeah. 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 And it was the first video I felt that I made that was, you know, one that I kind of really wanted to explore a few ideas with. So yeah, it was, it was, it was really good fun. And like, again, here is just perfect to work with. Like, yeah. you know, you just have to be around and, and have your camera ready and recording and then magic happens. And he's open to uh, expressive ideas. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's a cool cat. Like yeah. I've, um, you know, there's like the three of us made a video together. Yeah. And I remember just watching the footage back going, man, yeah. he looks so cool and I just feel yeah. so white <laughs> yeah totally yeah him in his leather jacket and all black get up he's, yeah. he's a cool man he's, he's a cool looking dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to hero yeah respect <laughs> we're actually yeah we're having a show the same night coming up soon so it's gonna be fun we're both gonna be in town yeah so it's gonna be good yeah i can't wait <laughs> um so do you study photography or film or are you like self-taught i did i studied um photography um coming up through high school like a lot of my friends did it and you know I was into it but it wasn't my do or die um, until I actually took my first photography class and then I, I pretty much as soon as the teacher was like okay your assignment is to go and shoot a roll of film you know first class like here's how you load it now you got to go shoot it over the weekend and I was like okay cool and then I went and did it. I went and saw my friends um, band um, and my friend Callum Callum Preston was playing in this band at the local Battle of the Bands out where we kind of grew up and I remember taking photos of his band when we were both like 16 or 17 and I remember as soon as I finished that, that role shooting his band that I was like holy shit I cannot wait to see what these turned out and you know they're, they're not great photographs but it's that that anticipation and that weight so the second class of when it's like this is how you develop a black and white roll of film i knew i was hooked like as i was doing it like in the little dark bag you know getting the film ready i knew that that was something i really wanted to do i didn't know to what capacity but i knew it would stick and it has and I haven't stopped yeah <laughs> I still get the same kind of chills like if I go away for a while and I've got a big kind of bag of film then all of a sudden I get super nervous and I'm like can't wait to get to the developer and yeah and, and put all the roles through and then I equally get as nervous viewing those because it's just yeah. you know you've got all these expectations and you know cameras aren't they're only as good as you kind of work them so there's faults here and there but that's why you keep doing it try to get better but yeah. like i guess with digital as well you take a photo you see exactly what it looks yeah. like you delete it and take and take a better one or whatever yeah with film it's like that well i hope i haven't fucked yeah. this up you know yeah and there's like all sorts of other things too like the cost of it mm -hmm. and I don't know, but for me, it's how I like to work because you're not doing that thing where you're just looking at what you shot. You're just, you're waiting for that moment, you shoot it, and then you're kind of just moving towards the next one. Mm. Um, 
you know, I've shot a lot of digital stuff and yeah, you're just kind of checking the back of the screen. I've gotten really good at turning that off now. So if I shoot digitally for a client, I don't look at the back of the screen ever. Um, yeah, just cause it's like the way I like to shoot, then you can make the connection about you and whoever you're shooting or whatever you're shooting rather than you checking technicalities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's two different methods and you can argue which is better, but that's what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like for this podcast, I always, yeah. uh, my thing is I interview people who are living off their, um, their yeah. artwork and you've done the opposite. You've been <laughs> freelance like forever. Yeah. And you've just recently got a job. That's right. Yeah. You know? No, I have. So like what made you decide to, um, to get a job? Well, a, I was offered a really good kind of uh, role with um, the Melbourne bag company Crumpler. And um, I actually looked at that as like, when you freelance, right? And you have all these people coming to you and asking you to put your spin on their brand or, you know, the, the actress or the, the DJ or whatever the project is you're shooting. Like they come to you and that's your goal. You've got to make them look a certain way. Um, so when this thing with Crumpler came together, I was like, you know what? This is a really good opportunity to build a brand and a narrative for a brand over a length of time. So to me, it's no different to what I've done before. It's just, I get to kind of have a million different freelance jobs within one brand. So I get to do the product and the lifestyle and all the stuff for the electronic mail and the Instagram and whatever. But so they're all little jobs within one larger one. So I don't really see it any different. Yeah. But yeah. And it's nice to know you've got a roof over your head every month. So. Yeah. You're not chasing invoices. <laughs> yeah. Invoices. Yeah. I mean, most people that kind of come to me when they're a bit younger and they're like, Oh, I want to freelance and you know, what do I need to know? And you know, there's always a gear question. What gear should I have? But I'm like the crux of it, honestly, like if you really want to do this, like you have to be willing to live off a thousand dollars for as long as you can. Cause you don't know when your client's going to pay you when your next job is. And it's just the harsh truth, you know, like yeah. it's, you can be the best shooter in the world or artist in any field, but you know, all of a sudden, if you don't get a job or two, you know, you can be back to where you were square one real quick so yeah yeah so do you but you enjoyed freelancing all those years yeah of course yeah it got me into so many different kind of uh, like experiences i had with people and exp like you know i got to travel a lot <coughs> like uh, i can uh, i went to japan and made a film clip for a musician um i got to go to like uh, hong kong with a bunch of artists so it's like I've been really lucky. Like I've had a, you know, a lot of good kind of jobs that's allowed me to travel and um, kind of meet a lot of really interesting people that I just wouldn't get to do if I didn't use a camera as a profession. Like that's one thing that I'll never kind of get sick of. It's just an amazing way to, yeah. to meet people and to get in their life so quickly. Like you can have a conversation with them and within an hour or two hours or a day, like, all of a sudden you, you know, your friends, you can call them up and ask them advice. And then the kind of that, that little network that you've got is not really like a client network. It's a friend's network. It's, it's a cool way to do things. Yeah. 
Yeah. I found that even just through doing this uh, podcast, yeah. you know, contact people I've never even met or mm. never had any contact with. I just want to chat to them. Yeah. By the time we're finished and finished dealing with each other and all that, we're mates. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it's like, this isn't my job or anything. I'm just <laughs> doing this because I like it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I know it's, it's like that interaction where you're creating together and That's it. you just become yeah. friends, you know. I think when when you get any two creatives in a room, and it doesn't matter from what discipline, you know, it could be an illustrator and it could be a guy that makes you know, 3D animations, but there's this kind of similarity in their practice that they understand their kind of way of thinking. And then, you know, you hang around long enough, all of a sudden you realize that you're exactly the same in certain ways or, you, you know, you look at the world in kind of the same kind of way and then it's perfect uh, a little way that you can bounce ideas off yeah alternative thinkers it's it's mm. awesome like yeah. i love doing it yeah um on another note <laughs> 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 like I'm, I'm i'm far from an expert right but it, it seems like these days there's a lot of people out there um calling themselves like a photographer or a filmmaker yeah. like you know like because everyone's got like an iPhone in their pocket yeah. and, you know, they promote it really well. They take good photos and people are making like films on iPhones and all that sort of stuff. Do you like feel like threatened by modern technology? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I never have been. And the main reason is because, yeah, like a lot of people can technically take a good photo and, you know, you can learn that. And the same way that most people did, um since way back when but it's like it, you know it sounds corny but it's about the vision behind that and if you don't have a vision or a narrative you're trying trying to tell people can see that it's just a very simple like aesthetic that they're trying to present nothing deeper um and you know it takes time and like it's totally fine just to start with an iphone and realize that hey you're into it and then all of a sudden you have a little point and shoot and then you can explore the avenues like that but for me it's like the more people that take photos the better like there's so much awesome shit to document like why wouldn't you do that yeah and for me it's like anyone starting or the at the end of their career or you know art life it's like just a different way to view the world like I've always said you could get 30 photographers in the same room or same little space and you're going to get something different from all of them. Mm. So just because you're giving people the opportunity to take a photograph, like I actually encourage it. Like I think a lot of people can learn a lot from it. Mm. It's not something that, I mean, if you're threatened by it, it's probably more a reflection on you um, and where you are with your craft. But if you've been doing it long enough and you're passionate and you're going to do it anyway, like, who cares what everyone else is doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what about, like, YouTube and, like, Instagram and, like, mediums like that? Have you, yeah. have you used those, um, you know, have you used the internet to promote yourself? Yeah, I, I feel I'm pretty bad at it. I try to do it minimally, but I don't know. The, the, the kids that I see that do it so well and they have all these, like, amazing followings, I kind of... Or always think to myself like is that all they're doing like is are, are they just curating this beautiful feed of photographs and trying to present themselves like like that to the world but like are they doing anything else 
like if I took photographs all day and only you know posted them on the internet like that's cool but there's there's so much more to actually being a photographer than a pretty little Instagram mm. like you know I don't really promote any commercial work that I do um, and that's because I just want to do artistic related stuff or be seen as an artistic based photographer even though I do very you know you could easily classify it into a documentarian um, but yeah it's not all about what that that Instagram role looks like you know yeah. <laughs> there's more to it than that yeah but it's an amazing way for people all around the world to see your work so I'm not against it like you know there's there's levels of of I think how much you should be on it but you know to most people I think they're pretty sensible and you know real recognizes real you can see straight through people that are just fishing for likes and followers and blah 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 but yeah you can see you can spot good content or, yeah. or good images yeah, yeah it's pretty quickly I guess it's the same with any medium yeah you know it. like art and yeah you know all that type of stuff you can spot the people who are who are really yeah. good and the people yeah. who are just just churn stuff out. Yeah, passion kind of rings through, uh, you know, like it's easy to follow a trend and we can all do it. We can all, you know, shoot that perfect bird's eye view of our food, you know, but like that's not what I'm about. So, yeah, you know, and if that's what people are about, that's totally cool. But, you know, it's just not in my kind of, you know, eyesight of what I want to see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Because you like, because you shoot mostly with um, film. Mm-hmm. Like and and with your with your your video work, yeah. Like, do you keep it quite analog as well? Like, you're not like into no. into like drones and all that sort of shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, look, if the budget came around, I'd definitely yeah. use them. But for me, like, they're two different mediums. They're like a lot of people think they're very similar, but I treat them very differently. If I'm there to make a video. Like I kind of have different processes that I'll go through and, and I'm self-taught as well. So I think that maybe I'm on the back foot. Um, so I have to kind of explore a few different options. Um, I know how to kind of handle a camera and it's kind of limitations, but you know, there's a whole element of storytelling that, you know, should be brought to the forefront of videos that I think you can only learn over time and, mm. and failing and putting yourself in situations and seeing what you get. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was pretty lucky to live with, um, a really talented kind of video guy in the early days called Louis Mitchell. And he, like, I taught him some photography stuff and he taught me a hell of a lot of video stuff. And that's where it started. It was really organic. Like he's like, your camera can do this. Do you want to learn? And of course I said, yes. And, you know, a couple of years later, I was I was basically only doing video for a while. I kind of walked away from photography because I know you get a bit sick of working for people, so you want a new passion, and then did. But now I'm back. Like photography never left. I just didn't want to do it for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just wanted to do it for me. Um, but yeah. So what what sort of equipment have you got? Like, what do you shoot with? Yeah, mediums. It, well, for my film stuff, um, like I have a little point and shoot, a Contax T3, which is like this perfect little sturdy brick of a camera that sits in your pocket and gets really good results. Um, I'm testing like a Voigtlander Bessa um, right now to see if I want to to buy that. Uh, it's a good little camera, but it's taken me a very long time to finish the roll. 
I've probably had it in the camera for like two and a half months because I'm not shooting a lot uh, right now. I tend to not shoot a lot during winter. I don't know why that is, but... How, how are you testing it? Just literally with shooting it. Well, you, but you, well, you hire it from the shop and say, I want to test no, it. No, it's a or... friend of mine's. And, oh, okay. um, she, she, I think she wants to sell it. And I said, look, I'm interested in it. I'll just, if I can borrow it, I'll test it for a bit and put a roll or two through it and see how it works. Um, that's awesome. It's awesome little camera, but it's, it's like the kind of camera you have to be shooting photographs with. Whereas a T3, you can just have in your pocket, see something bang back in the pocket. When it's a little kind of uh, rangefinder, it's like, it's always out and presented and you might as well just go out and shoot with it. Like that's its kind of role. Um, and then I shoot medium format with a, a system called a Mamiya 7, which is a, you know, big, bigger kind of rangefinder that I'm just absolutely in love with. The results from that are just, they sing every time. So yeah, it's great. And then video world, um, depending on the job, I change it up. So I either use uh, small cameras uh, like the Sony's, the A7 series, or I use big C100s, which is Canon's, uh, or 300s, which is Canon cinema kind of range. So just change it depending on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I spoke to Nicole Reed a few weeks ago mm. and uh, I was chatting to her about this and I thought, I'll, I'll, since you're a photographer, I'll ask you as well. <laughs> I don't know if I really got um, a straight answer out of her. <laughs> Sorry to call. <laughs> but like, I have this problem where I do paintings. Yeah. And I take a shitty photo with my iPhone. Yeah. And then I sell the painting and I never see again. <laughs> and I'm left with this crap photo. Yeah. Like, I I know you're not an iPhoto, I mean, iPhone photographer or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But that's all I got right now. Yeah. You know, I've got like another photo. I've got a, a, like a Canon S. 110 yeah but i i think the uh, the phone takes a better photo like it catches the colors better and everything until you go to print it until i go to print it yeah but <laughs> anyway everything's, everything's i just everything's digital these days for oh, me for me at the moment yeah anyway um like are there any tips on like like you know like i don't have any lights or yeah. anything like that like what would yeah. you suggest i do because i know there's pe probably people listening to this who are in the same boat and it's like yeah. i just want to you know, you want to just take a phone photo, yeah. chuck it on Instagram or whatever, <laughs> but but you want to get good results. Well, I don't know. For me, it's like, just forget the iPhone. Just put it in your pocket and go get a camera. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's amazing little... Um, little. That's, that's what Nicole said. Yeah, well, I mean, and the only reason we say that is because when you go to print it, like if your intent is to make a book in five years' time, I mean, come on. It's like an iPhone. If you ever try to print that stuff, you'll really see why they're not cameras. I mean, they're great for documenting, you know, your, your life and showing your friends. But yeah, if you want, if you want it in print or in good quality, I'd advise you shoot it with a camera. But there's amazing ways you can have that technology very quickly. Like there's little iFi cards, which will like, um, Basically, as soon as you shoot them, you can upload them to the internet, to your social networks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the excuse of, oh, it's quicker and it's more attainable. I mean, there's ways around that. But if you want to document your art, I'd say go near a window. Don't shine light directly at it. Shine it kind of past it. And diffuse that light with something soft. 
and then you're going to have a smoother kind of rendition, no harsh shadows and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But it's hard until if like, if I was to walk into your studio, I could say, Oh, here, you know, move everything here and then, you know, use this window or this downlight or whatever yeah. you've got. And you know, that's what we're kind of trained as, as photographers watching where the lights hitting things. Um, but until we're kind of in that situation, you know, it's a bit harder, but yeah, near yeah. a window and yeah. pretty soft and, you know, soft light and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I find like I take a photo and I look at it and go, Oh yeah, that's all right. Like, <laughs> and then I, I never, yeah. never see the painting again. Yeah. And it's only when I'm like going to retouch it or something like that yeah. or, or get it all really nicely presentable. I'm like, yeah. man, the, like the, the light, the, the way the light's cast on this is like reflective on one side yeah. and shadowed on the other or something. It's just like, oh. Uh, it's, it's an art, like, yeah. like copying, um, renditions of artwork is its own practice in itself. And there is definitely tricks, um, to doing it like, like, you know, two forty-five degree lights that are, you know, pointed at the work, pointed past it, all this mm. kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's its own skill, you know, cause there's a lot of science behind photography and a lot of people forget that. And mm. it is. And in what, when I use it in my product work, um, yeah, it really starts to ring true that a light pointed this way will cause glare everywhere. And then you turn it two degrees away and then all of a sudden it looks beautiful. So yeah, it's all it's just practice. Yeah. 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 Just okay. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. I'm going to get practicing. Yeah. Or yeah. buy a scanner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing big paintings. It's yeah. Big. It's hard to find a scanner bigger than A3. You know? Yeah. So, that's true. That's so, true. Yeah. Don't want to have to tile it. <laughs> spend all day on Photoshop yeah joining it up yeah or just get someone good to do it I yeah. mean if you're having a show I'm sure it wouldn't be too much money to get someone and document yeah. all your work and yeah. then it's archived um, yeah and then that, you have it that's the plan my, my, like my problem more, more lies with um, commissions yeah so you, 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 you paint it you know pop it in a tube and set, send it off or yeah. whatever you know yeah. something like along those lines but um but anyway like because you do like film and photography, yeah. Like, like, say you could only be known for one medium. Like, yeah. like, which one would you choose? Photography. Yeah. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. No questions asked. Not really. I mean, for me, like, the video uh, world is an amazing world, <clears throat> and I love the way that you can tell stories through it. But I would trade all that kind of back end hours doing all the producing and all the editing and the sound mixing if I could just shoot photos. Yeah. Like, it, there's a lot of work and I'm not the strongest in some of those. So yeah, I have to work with a team, you know, when I, when I get the opportunity to, or I'd like to work in a team because some people get up every day and they want to edit video. <laughs> For me, it's like pulling teeth. Like mm. it's not the thing that I wake up and I want to do. So, but if you were to ask me, do you want to go take photographs right now? I'd be like, yeah, let's like, totally. I'll get two cameras. Like, let's go. It's just, I know that that's something that I've had from the early days. And it's something I actually look forward to enjoying the older I get too, knowing that I'll have, um, kind of more experiences to draw from and, and different ways of <clears throat> interpreting what I'm seeing and presenting to people and, you know, I'm just excited about that as well. Like getting old and like until I can't use my hands or can't use my eyes, I'll probably still take photos. 
Yeah. 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 So I've noticed you've, you've done a lot of work for, for Ruka. Mm-hmm. Like, how'd you get involved with those guys? Uh, really organically. So uh, to kind of backtrack a bit, I shared a studio, um, Studio 615, with a, a bunch of really awesome guys, um, Sam Octagon and, and Sahil Silkroy and uh, this guy, uh, Sean Park, or Wenho Park, as he likes to be known, and um, through Sam. Sam knew this awesome girl, Mel, who um, started to do designs for them and then manage the gallery. And, um, you know, Mel was looking for a filmer when Demote was out here for one of the first shows they had. And uh, Sam put my name forward and, you know, that was it. The rest is history. Like, you know, Demote liked uh, how we worked together and put my name forward to to the Ruka team. And said, you know, this this kid can cut it. So if you want more stuff done, just give him a call. And that's kind of how it's been. And they've been awesome. They've been really good to me. Like, it's nice to know that, you know, if they've got something going on down here in Melbourne, I, you know, I normally get a phone call and see if I can do it. And, you know, they allow me to show in the gallery as well. So mm. it's super awesome. And I really like what they do and who they work with. Like, I wouldn't spend that much time with a company if I didn't believe in what they did. Yeah. Um, and the way they run their AMP, their Artist Network Program, with some of, like, these artists that are idols of mine, like Ed Templeton and Barry McGee and Kevin Ansel, it's like, to me, that just, they're all stuck, all time. Like, they just kill it in pretty much everything they do. So why wouldn't I work for them? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, are you, are you sort of like sponsored by them, or you no? Just work I, for them? Um, you know, I'm not considered a team member. I'm not considered staff. It's just, you know, we've just been going back since way back when. And if yeah. they need something done, I'll I'll do it. And you know, there's other photographers that they use, and I predominantly do a lot of their video work. But yeah, it's been a good relationship, and you yeah, know, it's been fun. Yeah. So you you got a show coming up at at the Rufa Gallery in Melbourne. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. What, what's going? What's what's the deal with your show? So, uh, when we were uh, overseas on that trip that I mentioned before, um, one of the little pit stops was uh, to Morocco, and um, I had kind of focused this whole trip, this whole kind of time away, to produce a body of work, and I had in my head either one of two places, being Turkey or Morocco. So, I bought the Mamiya Seven like ten months before, and said to myself, all right, get to know the camera. I put like 30 or 40 rolls through it just to kind of get familiar with how it worked and then kind of trekked off overseas and, you know, had a holiday and got to enjoy myself. And then when I met you in Barcelona, I was pretty much like two weeks out and getting really hyped. Like, just like, all right, I'm going to create this body of work and it's going to be something that I want to turn into a bigger project and yeah, just get really excited and it's good, good to hang out with you and have a good time. And then all of a sudden I was on the ferry to Tangier and it was go time. And I just, I didn't shoot all day every day, but like I shot more than I'd shot in a while just cause everything to me was, it was just what I wanted to see. And yeah, I just got really excited about shooting it and, and color was something I'd never really done. Like a lot of my work previously was black and white and contrasty and brash and kind of abrasive even like I 
presented works in Rizzo zines, you know, to, which deliberately tears apart the kind of um, the kind of image. And you know, I'd even like put more noise in images before I printed them, just to kind of separate them even more. Um, but I knew that shooting color was something I wanted to really trial because I had never really done it, and it's such an expressive language, like the language of color. So. You know, went to Morocco and I like uh, harsh and arid and textured places and that's got all of those in one. So yeah, for the next month, just shot like, you know, all the things that resonated with me and, you know, then, then kind of left and I was totally exhausted and like, you know, it was a good time but and a hard time as well, you know, like it's a pretty crazy place at the best of times. Yeah. Um, they hassle the shit out of you, don't they? Yeah, they definitely do. But that's kind of all. That's what it's about. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's good to put yourself in situations that you're not the most comfortable, and you're trying to learn about a, an amazing culture, and you know, just to get to some of these places. Like, we took a nine-hour, you know, private taxi through the desert, like to get to some of these places, and even that alone, it's like you know, sixty degrees in what they called Moroccan air conditioning, which was just the windows down. Like, it was crazy. So it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, by the end of it, I felt something was good. But And shooting film, I didn't have any chance to review it. So kept on with my kind of holiday for another month and then came back. And as soon as I saw the images, I was like, right, this is it. Like, this is the project. Um, this is the body of work that I want to focus on. And contacted um Lloyd from Bloom he knew I was overseas and kind of interested in what I was seeing what I was creating and you know I just thought he was a right fit for me I really liked what he'd done previously and I like working with people that their their passion is what they do and he loves that kind of publishing and photo book world um so I wanted to work with him and and I worry about the kind of the images and he worry about the book and yeah, we're about probably a couple of weeks away from presenting it. I caught up with him yesterday and the book's going to go to print, you know, in a couple of days and then we start the promotion and yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun, but... So when, when's the show on? The show is October 21st. Yeah. Yeah, at the Ruka Gallery in Collingwood. On Wellington Street? Well, corner of Wellington and Stanley. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, got yeah. Can't a couple wait. of years for you. Yeah. And two one's got a show that night too, so I'll be at one and then the other. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait. I'm stoked he's in town for it too. Like, you know, I really vibe his work. I've got a few pieces of his, and you know, hopefully he'll like to come and check out mine. So it should be fun. Yeah. Should be a fun night. Is this your first solo show? This is my second solo show. Yeah. My first um, solo show was at the Tate Gallery in um, Sydney. And it was simply titled Photographic Works. And it was just kind of a way of me just getting rid of some photographs that I'd been sitting on for a while. And, you know, wanted to enter that arena and start showing showcasing work and being seen as an artist and, and whatnot. Um, but it's been a really, really good experience. So it teaches you a lot about how to prepare for a show and how to hang a show and promote a show and all that kind of stuff. And then as soon as you see it on the wall you instantly realize how you could have curated the work better, like how you could tell a stronger story. Um, so it's been good. And the last show I did was with Andy Johnson 
um, at the Ruka Gallery and we've been friends since high school and he was one of the main reasons I got into photography. He was a year older than me and right into it and we became friends and, you know, just go out and take photographs together and that was like, you know, the way that we connected in the early days and we had never shown together and it was like 15 years down the track so we're like, fuck it, let's do it and yeah, did it and had just the two of us present work in that space and it's crazy. Like he bought the same model of car that we used to roll around with when we were 18 and he set it up as an installation. It, it got completely torched. We burnt it um, at the back of his like um, property near the airport and filmed it and installed it in the gallery and had this rolling video of this the car on fire and it was this nice way to kind of like represent you know the kind of journey we'd, we'd had since being little kids to where we are now and yeah it all came <laughs> it all came out it's cool <laughs> yeah yeah do you, have, do you have any um future plans like after the show you're you just like solely focused on the show right now the show on the book yeah do you, you've got no no uh projects Nah, nah. I like, like, I'm not even shooting photographs right now because I'm just, you know, I'm trying to dedicate it to the presentation of this book and this show. Yeah. I mean, it's important to me to look nice and to tell, like, you know, not everyone's going to see that there's a story in there, but yeah. to the people that are more attuned to, to that, hopefully they get to uh, experience that. But yeah, right now I haven't been shooting too many photos outside of work, but, um, I'm sure I'll do something soon. Yeah. I'm itching to pick yeah. the camera up and take the Mamiya out. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's like it's yeah. You know, we're coming into summer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to be out and about. Yeah. Things yeah. happen. You know, yeah. Like it's yeah. You know, you'll have a conversation over a beer with yeah. someone, and All before you know it, you've got a project on the go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be anywhere. You never yeah. know. But I think it's also really important to give yourself time to like marinate a project mm. and only focus on one thing because already the amount of things I've learned from just focusing on, you know, a pretty limited set of images, um, for what seems to be like six months is like really nice. Like it's, it's a good way to kind of learn about what you're trying to say and, and how you're trying to say it and present it. Um, so whatever I do next, I'll probably shoot the, the concept, the project for maybe a year. I want to give myself a big amount of time to do it and then probably spend that or double that um, producing it into something good so yeah you know the older I get the the less I'm worried about that instant nature of promotion that's why Instagram and that has its place but it's not really for me I'd rather just produce a book or a body of work and mm. and hopefully that is uh, you know what other people want to see too I could be completely wrong but yeah. yeah, it's what I want to present. Yeah, well, it's up to up to you, isn't it? You're yeah. the one. It's yeah, your, it's your work. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my money going yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's good. Like you know, yeah. you, you've got to have something to look forward to, and yeah. want to have a big, you know, big show. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like finally, like like, where's the best place online to see your your work? Yeah, as much as I've been uh, kind of rubbishing it, um, you can definitely check it on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> which is just um, at M Danishevsky. So good luck uh, spelling that. Uh, my website has been around for a while, probably needs a good update, um, which is michaeldanishevsky.com. 
and I don't know, just find my email. Drop me an email if you want to chat or do a project and yeah, we'll see what yeah. comes of it. And I'll, I'll link it all on the website as well. That's good. Yeah, I'll hook you up, man. <laughs> I'm not going to make you spell people, it out. Yeah, 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 we'll be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks for uh, sitting down and having a chat. Yeah, well, no, thanks for having me. It's yeah. been a pleasure. No worries. For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, while you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.